This is the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. Hosts Matt Necrone, Brian Moreland, and Glenn Lotzenheiser talk everything Tennessee Titans. This show is made for the fans of Bleed Two-Tone Blue. This is Kevin Dyson, former Tennessee Titan, and you're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. Hello and welcome to this episode of Two-Tone Uncensored. I am your host, Ryan Moreland. Along with me tonight, the man who refers to himself as the Supreme Commander, Matt Necrone. How you doing, Matt? Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> Can we stop that shit right now? No, I'll, never, <laughs> I'll never stop. Before it starts. <laughs> And also you can hear with me the man who just informed us that he is all greased up and ready to go, Glenn Lotzenheiser. How are we doing, Glenn? Uh, don't talk to me about it. Don't look at me. I don't care. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got a, a fun show for you today. We're going to do the news in the mailbag like we always do. And then we have something a little bit different on the back end of the show, something we've never done before. Uh, this should be a lot of fun. Uh, but let's jump right into the mailbag here, guys. First question from Tyler Musson. The Senior Bowl is this week. Aside from the obvious John Robinson traits, you know, team first, the will to win, consistency, what do you think John Robinson is looking for in this Senior Bowl? Talent? Athleticism? Well put. <laughs> um, affordability? Someone not doing lines of coke on the bench. Dude, coke's only in your system for a day or two. You can you can do coke, but now, not on the bench like during the play game. Play on coke. I imagine that can only make you better. <laughs> yeah, chill out, Glenn. That's what Lawrence Taylor said. Yeah, LT did it. It's good enough it for LT. Good. It's good enough for me. God damn it! Hell yeah! All right. And the yeah. fifth grade football team. Yeah, I don't know. This question's kind of out there. I mean, it's. it's Nothing that we can specifically pinpoint other than uh, high football IQ, speed, you know, the obvious stuff. Mm-hmm. Good but, fundamentals. Uh, Coachability. Great, great character. Yeah, the only thing I could, uh, you know, one thing I'm going to throw out there is because we run so much man coverage, it's, you know, guys that can run man coverage um, and at cornerback. Uh, I think at wide receiver he obviously said it already we're looking for a lot of speed is a big thing you know at tight end i think you're looking for more of a kind of a package uh you know a guy that can catch the ball do some special things with it but can also run block you need both of those things together but there's nothing that i really think that sticks out as like outside of you know that team first the will to win consistency toughness i guess would be the big thing you know that's been a big part of this this change in this team is being uh, physical, being uh, mentally tough. You know, having that that uh, that um, intestinal fortitude. That that's, I guess, you could put as the biggest thing that uh, Robinson will probably be looking for because it you know it matches what we're trying to do now with this team. But yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly. I guess that that answers the question. Yeah, it's it's going to be. You know, I think the only thing you can really look for is how well they respond to coaching, how quickly they adjust their technique. Uh, 
that that's what you're learning from watching these guys practice this week. The game itself, I don't know that you see just a whole lot. Uh, every time you hear about Senior Bowl stuff, it's always this guy in practice. You know, Dak Prescott blew it up in practice. Yeah. He showed great change from day one to two to three uh, in his technique. It's all. It's always just can they make the changes the coaches are giving them. That's. I think that's all that they're really looking for is that high football IQ and that ability to be coachable. The rest of it's on tape. All right, going into the next mailbag question here, this one from Devin Mills. Uh, the question is, if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, do you think that this would put pressure on Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to possibly retire? And if so, how happy would that make you? How does it put pressure on them? Um, <laughs> I, I get the you know, going out on top thing, but uh, Tom Brady won't retire until he wants to retire. And it could be this year. I mean, if, if he wins and he gets the chance to shove that Super Bowl trophy up, you know, the commissioner's ass, then sure, why not? I'm, I'm going to keep going with that until it happens or doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't see where the pressure comes in. I don't think either of them retire. To be honest, honest with you, I think Bill Belichick could probably go on for you know years without Tom Brady. Um, he's proven before he's an excellent coach, and I think that you know as good as Brady is, I think with a solid team around, you know maybe not maybe not Jimmy Garoppolo, but somebody a little bit better than Jimmy, I think he could still have success. And I don't see either of them retiring anytime soon. Oh, I think the the day's coming. I don't know if it'll be this year, um, but it's coming very soon. Tom Brady's starting to get up there. Uh, you're starting to see the arm strength wane, uh, or not starting to see. This is probably the the third or fourth season that we've seen the arm strength wane. And um, I think as soon as Bill Belichick calls it quits, I think you're definitely going to see Tom Brady call it quits. I don't know if you'll see it the other way around. Uh, Possibly, but I definitely think that if the coach goes, uh, you know, Tommy Terrific's going to go. And if it does happen, obviously it would be great. I mean, they don't play in our division, but it would be nice to see um, Tom Brady out of the way for, you know, the Titans to have runs at the conference title, uh, which I don't think we should be too far away from doing here in the next couple of years. I disagree, man. I don't think. Brady's lost anything really in his arm, uh, nothing dramatic anyway. He's still probably the best quarterback in the league. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of his, but I respect what he does, and I don't think he's – he at least has two, probably three more years in my opinion. I agree with Matt, and uh, what, what, what to Klein? Have you seen his stats from this year? He's playing just fine. I realize he's not watching the ball stats. deep, but – yeah, look okay, at his deep but, ball stats. They're they're like bottom of the league kind of bad. I mean, since two thousand thirteen, two thousand thirteen was the last <laughs> time he had good deep ball stats. Okay, who is he throwing the ball to though? He doesn't have deep ball guys. He doesn't have that tall you know guy who's burning down the field and going up and getting the ball. He just doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, Chris Hogan is not Randy Moss. <laughs> He's a close comparison though. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, how many quarterbacks have Randy Moss, though? And there's some guys well, who put up some that's great the numbers. kind of numbers you're comparing it against. Aaron Rodgers throws the ball to Rico Rodgers for touchdowns in the end zone. That's the difference between great and phenomenal. Who, who, who calls him Rico Rodgers? <laughs> it's Richard right. Rodgers. Yeah, who calls him Rico? Have you ever heard that? I do. God damn it. <laughs> no, but my point is, it's like... Richard is pissed off. You just call him even Rico. Even when he throws... And we've seen him throw. Uh, he has does have weapons with you know Gronk's healthy, of course. Um, 
Uh, but he just even then you look go back those couple of years, he had some guys that could take, you know, burners down the field, a guy like LaFell and still he's not his numbers fell off drastically and they they went from very, very good to very, very bad. And that's more that's than just the wide receiver change. Yeah, well, they listen, don't do it anymore because he doesn't have the arm to do it. We're seeing him float 20-yard <laughs> passes now. They're, they're listen, reining it in for him. They even said that they do that. The Patriots have said that they're doing that. So that's not coming Tom, from me. Tom Brady is on a level where he's mentioned as one of the greatest of all time. He's going to keep playing – keep racking up those numbers and keep getting Super Bowls as long as he can. The only way he ever considers retirement is if he can't do it anymore. And he's going to, he knows when he can't do it anymore. And he's easily got two, probably three to four more years. Yeah. And Bill Ocek will just keep changing the offense to fit whatever, you know, Tom has given him. He's, he's proven that he can game plan for whoever he's got out there. He'll figure out a way to make him, you know, make it work. And like you probably already said, I wasn't paying attention close enough, but they've reached seven Super Bowls together. The next closest one is four. So, I mean, they're already way ahead of the game. No, that's obvious. I think that, you know, they've tailored the system to him, and he still, you know, he fits the system perfectly and it's working out for him. But I think that he's starting to reach that age where it's going to start getting worse and I think that um and I know that he has that drive and nobody takes better care of himself than Tom Brady does in the offseason uh, but I think you're going to see it decline more and more here in the next couple of years if he decides to stay on that long I mean after he wins this one it kind of gets to the point of I mean what else do you have to prove well this year we know what he's got to prove but you know I don't think it's ever been about proving anything for Tom Brady after you know his first Super Bowl it's just he likes to win they're good at it and He's just going to keep doing it until it's not fun. Oh, I think proving that he's the best has been a big role in in his career for Tom Brady. I think he's already done it. Well, yeah, but I mean, getting to that point. I still have a hard time saying he's the best ever because, I mean, that's just, in my opinion, he, you could argue him all day long, but I wouldn't go to him as my go-to guy as an easy top quarterback. He's Billy definitely Volk. in the – yeah, Billy Volk's up there, but <laughs> – um, I guess it's because I'm I'm not a fan of him personally, but you can't you can't argue that he's top three for sure. I mean, but I don't know that he's number one yet. So let's see if he wins a couple more, then maybe I'll change <laughs> change my tune. See if he then doubles the next guy. Super Bowl ranks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he runs out of fingers, that's when I give him. Uh... Okay, that's fair. Uh, moving on to the next question here, it's Garrett Cole sends this one in with Matt Castle's contract expiring. What do you think we will do in regards of our backup? I think we uh, promote Alex Tanny and are just looking for another veteran who can come in and fill in. You know, Castle played like we expected Castle to play, which wasn't all that awesome. He had his moments, but he always does. I, I think that they look for another uh, guy to back him up or to back up uh, Marcus and then, you know, keep developing Tanny because Tanny's shown some ability to play in this league. Yeah, um, I'm not sure who the available free agents are. I'm kind of ready to move on from Matt Castle. I don't think he's anything special, and and I'm sure we could find some somebody that's equally as good as he is, or if not, just go ahead and draft somebody a little bit later in the draft this season um, or this off season. Kind of looking at the list right now, there are a few guys that don't really impress me. 
Mike Glennon's out there who may or may not become available. Um, I think he's got some potential, but he's looking to go to a team where they need a quarterback because he's kind of played second string his whole career, and I think he's ready to move on from that. But really, some of these older veteran guys, um, they're no better than Matt Castle is. So if we do get rid of Castle, I, I prefer to draft a younger guy. Otherwise, we, we may as well just keep him. Or just keep Danny. Yeah, we're that. I, I see a lot of people say that, and I just I like Alex Tanney. I just don't know if I'm ready for Alex Tanney to be the backup yet. I, I mean, I, I just don't know if that makes me comfortable if he has to come in. Um, and, I, you know, it sucks to say, but we've seen so far in two years that, that Marcus is kind of prone to small injuries. Um, no, this year, a bigger, it must be much bigger injury than last, but... I want a guy that you can have some confidence in. I wouldn't mind going through the draft. I'd rather get a guy like Glennon or, you know, get someone that's been around the league for a while that knows how to play uh, quarterback at this level and just get a good, workable, solid backup. I don't think Matt Castle's the answer uh, for sure. Well, you know, Tebow might be available. There we go. Matt, Matt Barkley is also out there. There's a few guys. I mean, there's nobody that's going to be like, wow, yeah, we should go grab him. But, I mean, there's there's a couple guys that I wouldn't mind. Nothing spectacular. But, like, Austin Davis, for instance, he's 27. When he did play a couple years ago, he was pretty decent. Um, we're not looking for anybody to take over that spot. But I do think – I honestly do think if, if we do – get rid of castle there's really no reason not to just draft somebody that we think that can play similar style to to uh, mariotas yeah i mean it's just you're not going to find a good quarterback in free agency very often uh the, the guys that you're looking for they're those journeymen who are just they're glad to be in the league they're probably just going to be a backup they're they've proven to be average at best you know they might have a great game here then a bunch of bad games to average it out but you're not going to find a difference maker in free agency at the quarterback position because teams are fighting so hard just to find a guy to start, but they're not going to let anybody worthwhile you know, hit the market. All right, guys, we have the next question here. Sonny Ali sends this one in. Do you think that trading for Murray is the best offseason move the Titans have ever made? Yes. I would hazard to say that that's probably the best value trade in history. Um, I mean, even trading Herschel Walker away and building that team down in Dallas, they didn't trade it for a fourth round pick. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it was like we moved a few positions in a fourth round and got the AFC's leading rusher. 13 spots in the fourth round. 13 spots in the fourth round. We got the leading rusher in the AFC and a guy who completely changed the attitude of our entire offense and probably the whole team in general. I mean, you can't beat that. That's got to be the very best in the team's history, if nothing else. Hands down. And I remember when it happened here in some of the, the guys on the group page, uh, talking about how stupid it was. We gave up nothing, and they're talking about, well, we're inheriting that salary. His salary wasn't even that bad. I mean, we we made out like bandits. That that was the best move in franchise history for sure. Yeah, people were going, he won't play more than two years. Okay, well, two years at this rate, I'll take that. Yeah. Thir- 13 picks in the fourth round, two years of the best running back in the AFC. And okay. if we need – if we needed to, we could cut him. It's it's not that you know harsh of a cap hit. It oh, was a his, great deal. His contract is completely Titans friendly. 
And, you know, that just makes it just that much more impressive. It was an incredible trade, a great contract. It's the only reason that he's here is because Philadelphia is trying to wash away the Chip Kelly madness. If I were taking over that team, I would have kept him. I would not have traded him away for a fourth round pick. I'd be interested to know who they actually drafted with that pick. (laughs) We should go look that up. All right, guys. Um, One more question on here in the mailbag, and this one actually came from me. It's something that I saw the question asked in the Tennessee Titans Uncensored uh, group, and if you're not on it on Facebook, you should be. Uh, But I saw it, and I thought it was really interesting, and so I decided to get your guys' take. Who is your favorite non-star player? So it can't be a guy that was, you know, a feature of one of the Titans teams or Oilers teams. So who's your favorite non-star in Titans and Oilers history? A guy wasn't a star because people didn't really pay a lot of attention to the defensive line, but Ray Childress has always been special to me. Um, You know, not not everybody knows who that guy is. Uh, I've actually talked about him on the show before, but, you know, he, he was a really good lineman. But not everybody knows who he is, so I would say... As a non-star, Ray Childress, most Oiler fans know who that guy is, but a lot of other people have no clue who I'm talking about. Two come to mind. I don't know how you guys consider uh, the, the the first one I'll name. Samari Roll was one of my favorite corners we've ever had. I don't think you, anybody really considers him a star, but uh, one of our most important corners that, that during his time that he was there. But uh, I got to go with my boy Bo Scaife. I think you know he's – he was solid for us for a few years and uh, obviously a, a friend to the show. So I'm going to go ahead and say Bo Scaife. That's actually pretty funny because two guys I narrowed it down to for me and one of them was um, Samari Roll. You know, I enjoyed watching him play, especially, you know, playing in the secondary. I liked guys that didn't have a lot of size because I wasn't very big. And he got to do like a, a good bit with it. And another guy so falls in the same category. You know, wasn't overly big, but did a lot of with it. Was Blaine Bishop, a really hard hitter, and I believe he's like something like five nine, not very tall, but just crushed people. And I loved watching him play. Yeah, absolutely. I love watching Bishop play. Th- thinking of you know who my second guy would be is also back in the Oilers. Uh, it's, it's Chris Dishman. Uh, he was a cornerback. He wasn't the greatest coverage guy in the world. But he did the thing that I love that has stuck with me ever since just watching him play is he would let the other team's receiver catch the ball and then rip the ball away from them as they were catching it. Uh, it's a technique you don't see often enough in the NFL anymore, probably because the receivers are just so much stronger in their hands than they used to be. But he, he would be running with a guy, and he knows he can't stop from making the catch, so instead of trying to tackle him or break it up, he would let the guy catch it and then just rip the ball away from him for his interceptions to take off down the field. I really that is always stuck in my head is one of my favorite things I've ever seen because he just kept doing it over and over to people. You know, they, they would catch the ball, but before they could secure it, he'd snatch it from them. It's a dangerous thing to do. It's ballsy, but I loved it. Uh, lastly, I'll just add that deserving honorable mention. He wasn't really a titan for a long time, but Kyle Vandenbosch was probably one of my favorite guys too while he KGB. was here. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Glenn. Yo. <laughs> you're fucking old. <laughs> I'm aware of this fact. Everybody that you're naming is like in the league when I was born. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least they were in the league when you were born. It's not before you were born. <laughs> but, okay, uh, as far as that pick goes, the Eagles actually traded it to the uh, 
Rams. Oh, okay. They ended up with the Bears in the end, and they drafted uh, Nick Kowalski. What the hell, man? Yeah, in- inside linebacker from West Virginia. <coughs> Kwiatkowski? Ryan tell us all about him. Sure. And Nick Kwiatkowski. Undersized guy, has a mile, a million miles of heart. He did really well this year in his rookie uh, year. Did a good job. 6'2", 243 is undersized. For an inside uh, linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good size middle linebacker to me. <laughs> no, I mean, he's he's not... He's not big. I'm just I mean, that's not your big. Balls. His feet uh, were small, sure. Glenn. He had small feet. <laughs> <laughs> he well, wore I mean, a size that's like nine. <laughs> 20 pounds lighter than any inside linebacker on our team. That's the definition of small. But he's uh, a hardworking guy. A real hardworking guy. Uh, kind of has that Carl Klug mentality. Easy guy to like. You know, we haven't done any Carl Klug updates. We should probably look into that sometime soon. Huh? See how he's doing. We should. I haven't seen a thing about him. Neither have I. How here? Real quick question, because I know that you know Klug, his contract is up. How sad is it uh, if if Klug ends up not with the Titans next season? I will be very distraught. I'll probably quickly get over it, but I think he's coming back. He's he's my modern Ray Childress. So put it put it this way: if if he's healthy enough to come back, he will be back. I don't think I, I don't think, think they're so. gonna. I agree with that. And he's one of these guys, too, like the question I just asked, favorite non-star player. When his days are up in Tennessee, I think he's going to find his way on that list for sure. For for this group, for sure, because we talk about him all the damn time. <laughs> no, no, he's the patron saint of two-tone uncensored. <laughs> he has no idea who the hell we are. No, no none whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, but that's all we have for the mailbag. Everybody, thanks for sending stuff in, as always. Uh, if you would like to send stuff in, you know you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. If you go on to Facebook, we put a post out each and every week for the mailbag. You just comment your questions right there. Uh, or if you're in the Tennessee Titans Uncensored Facebook group that I was just talking about a little bit ago, uh, we always put the post there as well, so you can comment your questions there. Uh, we always pick the best ones out, read them on the show. Uh, also, if you want to, you know, Direct message us uh, on Facebook or Twitter. However you want to get them into us is fine. Uh, we always pick the best ones to read on the show. Um, so everybody that sent them in, thanks. But that's all we have for the mailbag, so let's head into the news. What do you have for us, Glenn? All right. Well, I think the, one of the things that everybody's talking about right now, uh, we're talking about uh, when the Patriots' your dynamic duo may be hanging it up. Now, Big Ben has said that he can't say for sure he's coming back next year. It's not the first time he's said this. Uh, probably means it a little bit more this year than last year. Uh, de- definitely him talking up about how much he was looking forward to being in the same game with Tom Brady, uh, being in that same conversation. This was his chance to show up and put a stamp on his career, and his team got killed. So he can't be feeling good about life right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he wavers back and forth all off season. But at the end of the day, I think he comes back because he's got Brown, he's got Bell. You don't walk away from that. That's, that's a chance at greatness still. Yeah, I don't think he's hanging it up at all. I think it's an overreaction from the ass-whooping he just took. Um, when it gets close to training camp and all that, I mean, he, he may not know when it's time to go to training camp, but he's a veteran. When it's time to get ready for preseason and all that, I, I'm almost positive he'll be back. I agree with that, too. The guy that got beat up in the playoffs, you know, he was hurt wearing that boot. I think that injury 
I think that injury was really swept under the rug, was tried to make uh, the smallest deal as they could out of it. Uh, you know, he's coming off the injuries. He's got beat pretty bad mentally, you know, in that football game that he just came off of. And I think that has a lot to do with it, just like Matt said. I think he'll be back, and I don't think there's really any question about it. He's like 34 right now, I believe, right? I mean, he'll be back. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the league and taken abuse since his rookie year. I mean, he, he's taken a lot of big shots. And you've, your body gets tired of that, but it's just he still has a chance. So why would you leave? You, you don't quit right now. Uh, if he misses the playoffs, then you go away. But uh, moving off to have that. sex with 15-year-old girls goes way down Whoa. when you retire. All right. I didn't fuck the girl. Don't look at me. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so fucked up. There's All right, a clip moving for on. You. Um, hopefully, uh, Matt's boy uh, Deshaun here does not have the same kind of problems. There's no telling what kind of dirt Ryan's going to dig up and keep bringing up. Um, he, he's not going to play in the Senior Bowl uh, despite the Browns' request. My question to you is: If the Browns were wanting you to do anything to make them more likely to draft you, would you do it? No, I really wouldn't. I, I I don't think this is going to affect them taking him or not because, and and I really truly don't think that he'll be a great NFL quarterback as he's one of my top favorite college quarterback. But uh, the Browns need him way more than he needs the Browns. So I don't think he cares if he goes number one, number five. He's better off uh, going later on to a team that where he can develop correctly and not be thrown into a dumpster fire. I don't wish the Cleveland Browns on anybody, but if it means he's not going to Houston, then send him to Cleveland. Uh, you know, I like Watson. He's a seems like a good kid. I wish the best for him. I hope that he doesn't end up in Houston or Cleveland for his sake. Speaking of uh, teams that have made poor choices, the uh, Colts have finally got around to firing Grigson, their uh, GM. Uh, it, it's been obvious that it was needed for a long time. He's been failing. Andrew Luck for a long time. That roster is just never going to be any good with him running the show. Uh, are you surprised they kept Chuck Pagano? For me, not really. I, I don't know. They couldn't figure out who the problem was for the last couple seasons. They've even hired a shrink to come in and try to counsel those guys. But uh, I, I really wish they would have went the other direction because Grigson is a complete moron. And the fact that they're bringing somebody else in means that they do have potentially – somebody that knows what they're doing instead of Grigson, who had no idea. I mean, we even had guys on Twitter, Colts players, bashing the guy hours after he was fired. So it's not a secret that he didn't know what was going on. Well, Russell Webster's available. Pretty sure he's still down in Atlanta. Doing uh, something. I, you give him a team, I bet he'll move. That's true. <laughs> no, this didn't surprise me at all. You know, it, it's been a long time coming. Uh, word is that they had to bring in a psychiatrist to try to work out you know, work on the relationship between uh, Grigson and Pagano. Uh, evidently, that didn't work because uh, just a couple of days after that was reported, Grigson was fired. <clears throat> We've also heard reports that the Colts have really been trying hard the, this year and the, the year prior to trade the Saints in order to be able to get their Sean Payton uh, and trade for him to in order to get him as the head coach and drop Pagano. So they've been trying, but they you know have someone very specific in mind. Obviously, um, 
I, I think Pagano's on his way out sooner rather than later. And uh, I think that, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just wish the worst for the Colts. I hope that everything goes bad <laughs> for them. I hope that they hire Grigson. But I hope that they hire Rustin Webster. And that's what I hope happens. Fuck them. <laughs> well said. Well said. All right. Um, the Titans signed defensive end Kashad Lyons to a futures contract. Uh, most of us have no idea who the fuck that is. It's a fair thing. Uh, I went and looked him up with some of the scouting reports on him. Athletically, he's awesome. He's a 6'5", 295, ran a sub-5-second uh, 40. Uh, is built like a 3-4 defensive end, has a 10-foot broad jump, so he's explosive. He's agile. He does really good job sliding up and down the line. He can't use his hands for crap, and he has no technique. That's the rub. Um, everything sounds great until you get to the fact that he can't play football. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, the coaches are going to have to work with him a lot. Athletically, he's got a big chance to make make a difference. If he can't learn how to play you know, football and do just the basic techniques, then he's got no chance. Uh, he was drafted by the Buccaneers. They let him go. He comes to us by way of the Steelers. It seems to be something that we do a lot. Um, hopefully he doesn't get on the field as much as uh, Blake. You know, that would be nice if he wasn't out there to make those kind of mistakes. But uh, purely a raw project player. So if you don't know who he is, it's not a big deal. He probably won't be with us long enough for you to find out. Have you heard your boy Adam Pacman Jones was arrested? Yeah, it was, uh, he was arrested uh, three weeks ago, actually, and the video surfaced of him during the arrest, calling the cop you know, some very vile stuff, saying that he was going to get him fired, uh, saying that he will hope that the police officer died. You know, just really, you die. really showing his class. You know, um, Pac-Man's real good about that. Just letting everyone in his vicinity knowing how much of a classy individual he is. I can't tell you how much of a letdown that was, man. It was for anybody that doesn't know, I'm a West Virginia fan, so it was my favorite player on my favorite team going to my favorite team and the six overall pick. I was ecstatic. As a kid, uh, you know, it was the best thing that could have possibly happened. Uh, and his senior year, he came off of a very productive year. You know, it looked like it was a match made in heaven. And then, of course, it was like 18 months later, he's kicked off the team. <laughs> it was like, you know, the was that fast and it was gone. Um, dude's been nothing but an idiot. And it seemed like he got his act together until this arrest here and now the video comes out through TMZ. I don't know. Just an idiot doing idiot things. And I think he just uh, ended his NFL career with that video there. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. How long do you think he lasts in the league now? I think, you know, he's been through this how many times? I mean. He's 34. He's making over $6 million in base salary. I mean, he's done. No one's paying that kind of price. Uh, that ticket, you know. No one's paying for a ticket on that ride. When you're that old, you're making that much money. Uh, you know, this is this is where he's going to be forced to hang it up because nobody's going to have any interest now. It does speak to how incredibly physically gifted and talented that guy is. That at 34, an age when most quarterbacks are talking about hanging it up, and most speed players are already long past done, he, he still played at a fairly good level this year. Uh, obviously, this 
you know, this is going to be that final stamp that makes teams go, oh, fuck it. Just don't, don't, don't do anything with the guy. The Bengals might bring him back. The Browns might sign him. Those are about his options at this point. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he is an outstanding athletic talent. Just talented, talented individual. They're, I mean, absolutely gifted athlete. Uh, just it's the shoulders up that you got to worry about. Can you refresh my memory? He was a cowboy for a year, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And they, yeah. They, they assigned bodyguards and people to watch <laughs> him, and he got in fights with them. <laughs> yeah, dude's yeah, straight up. Straight up scum. I was just thinking about what what teams would would sign him if they, you know, <laughs> already if, did. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. I mean, them and them and Oakland come to mind. I don't know that Oakland would sign him. Probably if, not anymore. But once upon a time, the, the old Raiders. Yeah. If you're too much of a criminal for Cincinnati in the NFL, then you're done. Mm-hmm. Then you're, yeah. It's over then. True. If, if Perfect is still playing and you, they can't deal with you, <laughs> absolutely, then it's time to go, man. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, the Titans have uh, decided to retain Steve Hoffman as the uh, special teams coach. He took over for Bobby April. Did not for a second at that point, you know, slow down all of the incredibly boneheaded, stupid mistakes we were making on special teams. But towards the end of the year, you were no longer terrified every time we kicked the ball off or the other team kicked the ball. So, so he, he did all right in the end. I agree with that. You know, we saw, as the season wore on, we saw less mistakes. I don't know. Getting Valentino Blake off the team is going to help the special teams unit out a lot. Because, man, <laughs> did he make some stupid plays in 2016 on the special teams. Not only does he, you know, screw everything up on defense, but he got in there uh, to show his worst on uh, special teams as well. So, But, I, you know, I saw less and less mistakes as the season wore on. So that's good. I think our special teams is going to be under a lot of turnover. I don't think it matters if it's Bobby April, Steve Hoffman, or Glenn Lotzenheiser coaching. It, 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 there's going to be too many new new guys playing for us next season, especially at return. I don't I don't think Mariani's coming back. But, I, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, we were pretty awful in the beginning of the year. It might have gotten slightly better, but end of the day, we, we need better guys, you know, running up and down the field and, and better tacklers and – I don't know if Steve Hoffman's the answer, but I don't think it really would makes a difference who it is. Special teams is largely about focus and effort. And what we saw a lot of last year was no discipline, which is that focus part of it, or just guys not even really trying all that hard just because they were playing special teams they didn't care. So as, as long as you know people understand that this team is going places, we're getting better on the field, so special teams is your only shot to you know be able to stay around, the special teams – guys will, you know, their talent level will improve as the rest of the roster improves. Uh, last thing I've got for us, uh, Murphy Burrow native, Corn Elder, a cornerback from Miami. As I said, he's trying to make a good impression on the Titans coaches during the uh, senior bowl. Um, that stands the reason as every cornerback in the league is trying to make a good impression on the uh, Titans coaches because we have a desperate need for cornerback right now. Uh, He's 5'10", 175, runs about a 4'5", 40, probably just a little bit under. Had some decent numbers, uh, had some sacks, uh, had a sack and two and a half tackles for a loss. He, he's had his moments. Are you uh, impressed at all with him enough to consider him above, you know, third round? How's his neck? I don't know how his neck is. Oh. <laughs> the most important questions. Uh, 
I watched a little bit after I saw this. Um, you know, obviously this news broke. I watched a little bit uh, of tape on him. You know, I haven't had much time. It's a brand new story. Uh, about 20 minutes I spent looking at uh, some tape of him, and, and he looked good in it. You know, very fast. I think they're saying he's about a four four nine is what I've seen written, but he seems a lot faster than that on the field. Uh, you know, he did seem – he got his head around in all the videos that I was watching – uh, and he was able to make plays with his speed, break on balls, you know, that they looked like a wide open pass. All of a sudden he's in the way. Um, I liked what I saw for the most part. You know, he has some problems with a little bit. He can get sloppy on double moves and stuff like that. A lot of, you know, common mistakes that young guys make at the cornerback position. Uh, above the third round, I don't know, man. There's, I think the kid's talented, and I, I would – I wouldn't mind seeing him in a uh, you know two tone blue, but this draft class is so deep at corner. I mean, there's even at the top, there's so many guys. There's going to be first round talent guys that might slip into the late second, early third round. Uh, that's how deep it is at cornerback this year. So I don't know if you can go before third round on him. Yeah, I don't know anything about him, um, <laughs> but. There's a lot of corners, like you just said. I, I haven't put much stock into the guys that aren't in the top, you know, six or seven. What's his name? Cornman? His name's Cornman? Corn Elder. Corn Elder. Okay. Corn like Elder. The eldest of the corn. <clears throat> he's, he's a local kid, so I'm sure he probably grew up a Titans fan, if that's. Hey, he, he said he's a Titans fan, but, you know, lots of cornerbacks are Titans fans right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's rare that you get especially for our franchise, you get a, a guy that grew up a Titans fan that becomes a Titan. I know Avery Williamson's one, just to name off the top of my head, but there's not many. So if he can help out and we can get him later on at a good value, then I'm all for it. Yeah. At, at his size, he's probably stuck being a a slot corner or a dime corner, somebody like that. Um, he, he's looked to be a really good tackler. Showed good anticipation on those routes, which is what Ryan was talking about, how he manages to close when you don't think he's got a shot. It's because he anticipated the ball coming out. Uh, but, yeah, it, I think third round is really reaching. He's probably fourth to fifth round in this draft class, maybe even six. Uh, no, nothing against the kid. He's, he's definitely got talent. He's got heart. If he were two inches taller, ten pounds heavier, it would be a whole different conversation. Yeah, he is a a little guy, and I know that Glenn hates little guys, but it would be fun having him around just because there's a lot of puns to be made on that name. There really is, right in the cornhole. <laughs> Perfect, already. Draft the kid the first round, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> just for our amusement, go ahead and I, do this. Exactly. Now, that's what I've got for the news. All right, we're going to head into a quick commercial break. When we come back... Um, we had a couple guys along with us rank every quarterback that started at least one game last year, and we're going to dive headfirst into those rankings and see what we come up with. So we'll be right back with that. Time to pay the bills. Some quick ads, and we'll get right back to the show.
Hey Titans fans, you've probably heard us talk about the group page several times on this show, and I'm sure you're wondering what we're talking about. Tennessee Titans Uncensored is a Facebook group page that was built by Titans fans for Titans fans and was founded by our very own Matt Necrone. If you're a Titans fan that's looking to talk about the latest Titan news, then this is where you need to be. And you can help me shit talk to crackheads. Because nobody likes crackheads. That is Tennessee Titans Uncensored on Facebook. Tighten up. Hey guys, you've heard us talk about Hang 10 Apparel before on the show, and if you haven't checked them out, then you're truly missing out. Hang 10 is the one place to find unique Titans gear that you will not find anywhere else. Whether it's a Maragoda hoodie, a Mahalo Etcha Boy t-shirt, or Mike Keith's Music City Miracle Call on a sweater. There are no flags on the field! It's a miracle! The only place to find it is Hang 10. Just go to hangtn.com to find all this great gear. And while you're there, don't forget to use our promo code 2TONE to get 10% off any purchase. That's hangtn.com, the official Titan shop of 2TONE Uncensored. Tighten up. You're listening to 2TONE Uncensored, brought to you by Podbean. Hey, this is Bo Scaife. You listening to Two Tone Uncensored? Tighten up. All right, we're back from that quick commercial break. Let's jump into this, guys, and to break this down, this is what we did. You know, you always hear uh, announcers use the, this guy's an elite quarterback. He's second tier. Uh, you know, he's average. He's you know whatever. So we came up with six tiers to describe every quarterback that started at least one game last year. We also threw in Tony Romo just because. So. Our sections, our tiers, if you will, go from elite to almost elite, above average, below average, peaked in college, and probably Cleveland's next quarterback. So those are the six things that we had. We used over 54 quarterbacks. We had some help from the guys that are admins over at the Tennessee Titans Uncensored um, Facebook group that we've been talking about tonight. They helped out. You know, me and Glenn and Matt obviously did our own rankings, and then I average them all together to have one definitive list. If you're listening to this right now, it's already up on twotonepodcast.podbean.com. You can check it out and you know look at the list as we're going through. We're not going to go through every name because there's too many guys here. Um, but real quick, I wanted to mention, let's start off with the guys that are in the bottom of the list. We have five guys that in the uh, probably Cleveland's next quarterback grouping uh, going from Worst of the group to the best of the group, Matt McGloin, Jacoby Brissett, Scott Tolzien, Bryce Petty, and Blaine Gabbert. Um, you know, I, we averaged these, obviously, like I said. So some, a little bit of, of differences. You know, I, obviously, a lot of the, the players moved around from what we individually had them. But do you think that Matt McGloin rated as the worst? Do you think that's a fair assessment? I think everybody just agrees that. He doesn't have any real upside in this league. He's probably not the worst. No, I, honestly, uh, when I did my rankings, I kind of I kind of quit at maybe twenty twenty five somewhere in that area. I didn't even even list some of those other guys, but I don't I don't think Matt McGloin would be the worst. No, yeah, Matt didn't do the homework, but that's yeah. Not, no. Yeah, 
You love me or you hate me. It doesn't matter. They call I him Matt you. All Heart Necron. <laughs> <laughs> I wear it on my sleeve. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, that group, the only guy that I might move out of the next quarterback category would probably be Bryce Petty because of lack of uh, time on the field. Uh, I think he's got some ability. I I would probably have put him in the uh, peaked in college or below average category as opposed to you know the very bottom of the league. But as a starter, based on the evidence you have right now, you can't really move him anywhere, so I get that. Yeah, for me, I think I'd move Jacoby Brissett down there. Uh, you know, wasn't really over-impressed with him. I think that he has the ability to, to obviously get better. He's, you know, working with some, a great coaching staff up there in New England. But from what we saw of him so far, I think he would have to be the guy that I thought looked the worst. You know, Scott Tolzien's pretty close to that, too. Blaine Gabbert was the one guy out of these five that surprised me the most that he was this low. I thought he was workable uh, when they used him this year. Uh, you know, he wasn't great, but he, he didn't look terrible um, in most games. So I thought that he could be moved up a little bit. Uh, is there anybody that, for you guys, out of these five that you thought was put on this list that deserves to go up? Like I said, Bryce Petty's the only guy I would move up. Blaine Gabbert, I think, proved that he got nothing for this league this year. I get what you're saying where he had his moments, but anybody who you know goes through college and plays three years a quarterback or enough to get directed or into the NFL, they're going to be physically capable of having a moment. But I didn't see any improvement in Blaine Gabbert at all this year. Now, it maybe has something to do with his coach, but um, you know, I I think that he is a peaked out guy. He's got nothing else for us. Uh, Jacoby Brissett not being able to succeed in the uh, uh, New England offense. I don't know that I blame him so much for that. It's not like they were exactly you know coaching him up you know very hard. Uh, but you know, like I said, Bryce Petty based on a ability and lack of proof otherwise i would probably have moved him up you guys got to remember blaine gabbert almost became a titan in 2011 he was taken 10th overall i, I believe yeah we were <laughs> he, he was in the runnings to be a titan i'm really glad he wasn't he definitely did not show any progress with jacksonville but not many quarterbacks do um all, all five of these guys if you're in the basement you're in the base for a reason so the order doesn't really bother me all right, guys, uh, moving on to the next group here that's the peaked in college. Not going to go over everybody, uh, but I will say it starts with Tom Savage at the top, goes all the way down to EJ Manuel at the bottom. 18 players. This is by far the biggest of our uh, six uh, sections here, our six tiers. So looking through this list, uh, one name that definitely sticks out for us is number 12. That's Matt Castle on this list. Uh, we'll start off with this. Do you think this was a fair <laughs> assessment of Matt Castle? Well, a little fun fact. Matt Castle's never started a college game. Um, I know. That's what makes it so funny. <laughs> so well, the group he is pe- peaked in college just because they're, you know, they're not good. It doesn't mean they actually had to peak in college. Well, we understand that that's the actual <laughs> letter of it. But at the same time, it's just a funny thing that, you know, a guy who never played, uh, started a game in college, gets that award. <laughs> Shows you how fucking bad he's been in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, is he had a good year, one. One. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> one. You know, so, peaked in college, or, you know, I guess the uh, the one year was his one year that he was a good player. But, yeah, I, you look at this list, and 
you know, people don't know, but we've got RG3 on here. I think we could all agree he was better in college than he was in the pros, even after just that one year in Washington when he blew up. He was still a better college co- quarterback than he was an NFL quarterback. Definitely. Um, you know, you guys like Landry Jones, who I watched play at OU and was a tremendous college quarterback, has no business being in the NFL. No. So there you go. EJ Manuel, obviously. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, you know, he had a, a really good season or two, but he's never lived up to the hype. You know, and he wasn't even that hyped in college. He, he's a guy that maybe that, that, that beating college doesn't apply to also, but uh, obviously has fallen down in people's uh, estimation of his ability. All right, guys. Is there anybody looking at this list going off what we did last time? Anybody that surprises you, either moving up or going down, that you think got really put in the wrong category? I can't see anybody that I'd move up. <laughs> I, I think the uh, peaked in college, you know, the, you're, you're below average. You'll never be a good NFL quarterback, you know, at this point going forward. I think that's a fair list. Uh, you know, the only guy that you might move up would be uh, Paxton Lynch due to lack of evidence so far. You know, yeah. It's the same argument I had with Bryce Petty. Uh, the, these guys, we haven't seen enough of them to know. But, you know, Brock Osweiler, we've seen enough. He's on this list. He, he's got nothing for the NFL. Uh, I actually heard um, the uh, president of the Texans on uh, Sirius Satellite today talking about they understand he's got a lot of work to do, but they still think he can get there. It's like, well, what else are you going to say when you give the guy millions and millions of dollars to go out there and just suck so bad? Yeah, I think maybe um, Tom Savage could move up to the next group, you know, potentially depending on how his career turns out. I think he's got the talent to do it, but we haven't seen enough from him. Matt Barkley also, I I think he hasn't really had a fair shake. I don't think he's anything special, but um, to move out of that tier, I think, is, is a possibility. Anybody that's young, like Jared Goff, I'm not a huge fan of, but... We haven't seen anything really from him. He, he needs a few years to get accustomed to the league. And as of right now, he's where he belongs. But he could see, you know, he, he could get out of that spot. Yeah, most of these, when I was doing my rankings, I was basically on where I think they can go from this point forward. So I had those guys up a little bit higher just because they are rookies. For me, I think gun to my head if I have to move somebody up. Uh, and I, I think this was a, a solid list put together. But if I had to move somebody up, I think it might be a uh, Matt Barkley, he did play good against us this year, you know, and that when he had to take over, he was a lot better than I think a lot of people expected him to be. So, uh, you know, not great by no means, but he was better than what we expected. The worst guy on that list, I believe, is Landry Jones. He Yeah, Landry awful. Jones, I don't I that was the one I was going to say is I don't know how you can make a case for him not being in the bottom of the barrel. Um and for the young guys, I agree that, you know, there's a lot left to see. Uh, but right now, I did more of kind of like right now how I feel about these guys, um, and I'm not impressed with Jared Goff at all. And for, I think Jared Goff has a lot more potential than uh, than Paxton Lynch does. So that tells you your my or tells you how I feel about these young guys. Yeah, see, for me, uh, when Landry came out of college, I was like, when he went to Pittsburgh, I was like, that's the best possible place he could go because he gets to go play behind Big Ben, so he doesn't have to do much. He's in a system that works, uh, it's a very stable franchise. I thought that that was going to be the best place for him to develop. But every time he got on the field, 
he, he showed that all he could do is drop back and gun the ball because he's got nothing else. He, he's not a good quarterback in any other sense of the term. Uh, he's not a leader. He wasn't much of a you know a leader at OU for that matter. He wasn't the guy who he wasn't the raw raw guy or commanded a lot of pocket presence there. He hasn't learned any of that in the NFL. And every time he gets on the field, you can see that his teammates don't believe in him. So I, I might you know move Landry Jones on down the list because he's got no hope. Well said. All Fuck right. that guy. <laughs> Moving up to <laughs> below average here. Uh, this is a 10-person list, uh, just the same as above average is. Uh, real quick, Ryan Tannehill. And this is in order. Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Carson Palmer, Blake Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, Matt Moore, Jay Cutler, Derek Anderson, Cody Kessler, and Trevor Simeon in that order make up our below average group. Um. Some, uh, one name that you know sticks out for Titans fans, Blake Bortles, obviously in our division on this list. Uh, I feel like he's in a fair spot. I think you guys would probably agree. We all had him rated about the exact same. He's one of the most evenly rated quarterbacks on the list, actually. Uh, is there anybody on this list though that really sticks out to you as, like I said earlier, that needs to be moved up, needs to be moved down, uh, either way? Yeah, I think uh, overall body of work, I think Carson Palmer deserves to be moved up um, to the above average. He may not have have had a great year this past season, but overall body of work, I mean, he he was a great NFL quarterback for years. So I would I'd move him up. Yeah, like I said, I was basically you know what I think they've got left in the tank or you know going forward or what they could have given you this year. And I agree, Carson Wentz is probably. I mean. Uh, Carson Palmer is the guy who stands out in this list as someone who's above the rest of this group. I think I would go ahead and move him up compared to the rest of the guys on this list. Um, you know, Blake Bortles, I realize he's Ryan's guy. He obviously deserves to be in the below average group. Uh, you know, the rest of these guys, you know, Jay Cutler at one point in time, you would have put him in the above average, but for what he's given lately and what he's got left in the tank, I think he has to be down in this group. Uh, just the, the bowl average group in general, uh, and I will say I didn't rank my guys top to bottom like that. I just put I put them in their category, so I probably screwed up some numbers there. But you know, whatever. Uh, if they're in this group, they're in this group for Great a reason. Great work, Glenn. <laughs> I, I, I I try to give my very best every week. <laughs> You're like, very so mediocreist. <laughs> My very mediocreist. After I've been giving my very best all day during the day, this is what you've got left. God damn it! Quit uh, your job. Uh, if you would guys would get me paid, that would have happened already. I made you, you like a fucking dollar fifty, or well, one third of a dollar fifty. <laughs> one guy that on this list, I think that you uh, see for me. You guys bring up Carson Palmer, and it, it sounds like Matt, you were. You're talking about the past, what they have done. You're rating in the past. Glenn, you said you were rating more towards the future. I was kind of thinking of like right now, where I'd have put them right now. And I rated Carson Palmer pretty low because right now, and not to take away nothing against him, because uh, he's had a great career. Um, you know, and with if he didn't have a couple of injuries, you know, there was a time when he was definitely in that elite category in this league. Um. You know, there was definitely a time before his knee injury when he was still in Cincinnati where we were talking about Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and uh, Carson Palmer. They were all three in one category alone by themselves, but I, I think you have to keep him here. I think the reason he's not even further down the list is because 
its respects for what he's done in the league if you're going based off of what he did this year because it was very bad. Uh, you know, that's a very talented team they have there in Arizona, and they what like won like what like four or five games. I mean, they're that's that's pretty bad. But uh, one guy, I think Derek Anderson, maybe I think I'd move down a little bit. I, I like the guy. I think this is a little high. I, I could easily move Derek Anderson down. You know, and, and then the Carson Palmer thing, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. You know, this was a bad year. It's obvious he's at the tail end of his career. But of that group, if you're talking about one guy that you would pick of that group to run your team for a day, I think you would have to go with Carson Palmer still, the rest of the guys on there. If you had to win a game, you would take him compared to the rest of the guys on that list. Right, that's probably true. That's fair. Yeah, a young guy that I would mention to probably move up a little bit or maybe even just consider just because he's so young, Cody Kessler. I think he's going to be um, an average quarterback. I don't think he's anything special, but I would put him ahead of some of these other guys. Yeah, I I could definitely shift him up in the list. I think uh, as of right now, I could move him up, but I think that very soon, next couple of years, he keeps playing like he did this year. Uh, you know, he'll earn that spot up there. The guy has played really good. Uh, he came out and, you know, gave the Factory of Sadness something to be happy about um, this <laughs> season. But it's it's not easy playing for Cleveland. No, it's no, not. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that franchise. I think they've got the right coach. I think they can improve. But something's got to happen the way they draft people. Uh, just they don't draft for fit anymore. They, they just they draft guys that they think they look pretty good. I think they've got some Rustin Webster going on there in that front office. They really do. It's a team that like they're like, oh man, they, let's draft the guy with the big name. Let's draft the guy that you know he runs this fast. He do you see how much weight he could lift? Like they really draft out of the combine like Rustin Webster did, and they really draft guys that just look cool. Like, if it was, like, based off of guys that you're like, oh, man, I'm excited to see him play, like, they would win every Super Bowl if that's how, you know, the league was determined. Uh, because they really do not draft well at all. They really draft off of the off of the combine, just like Webster used to. Yeah, it's freaking painful. Uh, yep, the mistake by the lake is going to – we'll see what they can do this year, but uh, – Look, probably another bad year, but I did like Cody Kessler's performance this year. The next group we'll move into here, above average. This one, a a very important group for us, uh, as I mentioned earlier, 10 guys, because number three on that list is obviously our one and only Marcus Mariota. Um, We'll start off with, do you think this is a fair assessment of Marcus Mariota right now? Well, for the guys he's behind, which are Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins, yes. Um, you could argue that I would move him above Cousins because he makes a lot fewer mistakes, even with the fumbles. I would trust him more than Cousins, but Cousins has done an awful lot to earn respect up in Washington. Uh, Derek Carr, I think we we'll all agree, he's about a year, maybe half a season ahead of uh, Marcus, but since he was drafted a year ahead of him, that's that's still fair. Um, I, I think he's about in the right spot because I would take him before any of the other guys on this list below him for sure yeah i wouldn't add anything to it i think he's probably right where he should be um because as you go even further up these other lists i think we pretty much got most of this pretty fair as far as where they are and where they should be 
Uh, Kirk Cousins, I'm not a huge fan of, but I'm not going to argue the fact that, you know, he should be right above Marcus for where they are in their careers. We're talking about right now, Marcus has a lot of room to grow, and I think he is going to be special, and I think he will surpass a lot of these guys, but he's not there yet, so it's fair. Um, for me, uh, I think this is a fair assessment. Yeah, I think Marcus is obviously moving his way up this list, but where he's at right now, I think it's fair. For and you guys were talking about Kirk Cousins, I think it's a fair assessment where he's at because uh, I think Marcus is better, but they ask Kirk to do a lot more than we ask Marcus to do. You know, he's throwing oh, the ball. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's throwing the ball every down, just about. You know, he's. Putting up those 350, 400-yard games is not, you know, out of the way. It's not something crazy for Kirk Cousins. It happens on a regular basis almost. Um, so that's why, for me, I put Kirk Cousins ahead of Marcus on my list. That's why I did it, is they ask a lot more of him, uh, and he normally comes through for him. This is a good football team. They got the unfortunate uh, luck of the draw being in a very tough division this year, obviously with the Cowboys and the the Giants that they had to compete with. Uh, but it's a good football team. He's a good player. It's interesting, though, with Kirk Cousins now because we'll see if the, the Redskins agree and they actually pay him or not. Their uh, GM was also on Sirius today, and they said that he is coming back, which you expect them to say. Unless, um, you know, another Houston situation arises where someone decides to pay a guy just a shitload of money, um, I, I can't imagine they don't bring him back because there's nobody in the draft this year that you would rather have over Kirk Cousins. And there's no free agents coming out this year that you're going to be able to get instead. So you don't have any choice. Uh, you're not going to trade for a better quarterback than him unless it's a guy at the end of his career. So I can't imagine that they don't bring him back. They may not pay him a ton of money. Uh, some of those mistakes down the stretch you know, that cost them games, those that probably cost him quite a bit of cash. But he's, he's a humble guy. He, he works hard. He does whatever the team asks of him. I'm pretty sure they're going to pay him that money. I'm telling you right now, with San Francisco and Cleveland have both already said that they're interested. There's tons of teams that could use them. And I know that he does make mistakes on the stretch. That's You're exactly right. But this is the NFL free agency. He's going to get paid more than he's worth. Of course. That's not saying anything. He's, it's a free agent and Washington. That, yeah, but he's going to make... That works. He's going to end up in that $20 million range. I wouldn't be surprised. And he's got the arm... If they'd just get him a team that could support him, he wouldn't have to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game, and maybe he wouldn't make so many mistakes. Right. Uh, but the uh, same question I've asked in every group here. Uh, in the above-average group, anybody you think deserves to be moved up? Anybody that you think is a little too high on this list? For me, there's no one that really deserves to be moved up to the almost elite category. Um Leading this list is Derek Carr. I don't think he's quite there yet. I think if he puts together another season like he just had, then we start talking about that. Moving down, um, honestly, Sam Bradford maybe. Jimmy Garoppolo I'm not impressed with. I know a lot of guys like him. I'm I'm not a fan of Jimmy Garoppolo at all. Um, and maybe, and this is another guy, maybe it's just me because um, somebody actually pointed out on my list he was too low. Andy Dalton, he actually made Pro Bowl. He's subbing in for Tom Brady. I just saw. Uh, apparently, he's been ha- he had a good year because maybe I don't follow him closely enough, but he he must be off my radar because I don't I don't think he's he may be above average. He's more of an average quarterback in my opinion. But 
Apparently, I've been sleeping on him because he just made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, of this list, I would move him above probably everybody. I, I think I would move him up to right behind Marcus uh, of this group. I would make him the fourth guy on this group because Andy Dalton is a consistent performer. They let his receivers go this year, and he still did a pretty good job. Uh, Green was hurt for a while. He still did a pretty good job. Uh, Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. He's never going to be a great quarterback. I don't think he's got it in him. But he's a consistently above-average quarterback. So I think that he would be higher in this list, but I wouldn't move him over into elite. So only in this category, I would move him up in the above-average group, but not. he couldn't possibly be almost elite for me. Um, Jameis Winston, who we have above-average here, I, I think I'm the only guy who rated him below-average. And it's based purely on growth. I don't think he got any better this year than he was last year. Um, he, he was good for a rookie, and I think he was the same guy this year. I didn't see anything out of him that made me think he's improving. He's going to you know continue to go on the same trajectory that Marcus is. And it's nothing against Jameis Winston. I don't like the guy necessarily, but it's not because he plays for another team or they drafted him in front. It's just I didn't see – the next step from him that I would normally look for. And, you know, next year it could be different. It's the third year. It's usually when things start to click for guys. So maybe he changes. Um, Garoppolo, I feel we're rating him too high. Uh, I don't think he's an above-average quarterback. We didn't see enough of him. You know, he, he's in the same boat as these other guys that we have further down in the list that you barely saw him play. He looked good playing for the Patriots for a minute, but he didn't play enough. It, you know, for us to have a real estimation of how he would be as a field general leading a team through a season. So I don't think he deserves to be in the above average group yet. Um, I would agree with a lot with a lot of what you guys said here. I think Garoppolo's a little high. Um, you know, if you think about it, he when he was on the field, he performed very well. But playing in Bill Belichick's system, you know, with the Patriots, it's not extremely hard to look good let's you know we were talking about matt castle earlier i mean matt castle got to steal some money from some folks uh because of you know how good belichick made him look um for me and and i know that dak prescott had an an outstanding year uh, but for me i think he's a little high on the list Um, i would agree and just and I, i think he's a good he was great in that system and he did a, a fantastic job in that system. I think he's going to continue to grow, and I don't think that there's uh, that he won't be in this group, or maybe even beyond this group later in his career. Um, but you know, he, he fit the system. He did well in the system where they ran the ball a lot. You know, he, he really depended on the running game. It's I I don't know. I I think that he's a little high. Maybe not below average. Though. I'd probably just move him down the above average group. I think Sam Bradford though is one that uh, I think believe it was Matt mentioned that should go down. I, I know he didn't do a whole lot, but when he did do work, he was impressive this year. I believe he set the NFL record for uh, highest completion, completion percentage, percentage ever. Uh, yeah, know, which I thought that that was unfair to move him down because exactly. with, with what he had, not having Adrian Peterson, when his line fell apart, he still carried that team for as much as he could. I thought he had a really tremendous season given the conditions he was in. And unlike in years past, he showed a lot of toughness this year. He took a beating behind that torn-up uh, Vikings offensive line, and he just stood in there and kept playing. He won the respect of everybody on that roster, uh, guys who, you know, had never played with him before. We're talking about 
he had showed them just how tough he was, and he made them want to play harder because he was standing there taking these big shots and all their career. They just heard how frail he was. All right. So let's move on to the next group, the Almost Elites, guys. This is a group of eight. I'll read them off real quick. Ben Roethlisberger, Matthew Stafford, Philip Rivers, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, Eli Manning, Tony Romo, and Cam Newton to round up the list. Um, obviously, in this group, we have Andrew Luck at number four, you know, in the, in the middle of this group, a guy that's a division rival. Uh, and I forgot to mention Brock Osweiler when we did that one. He's in the peaked in college group. He's eight and 18. But I just wanted to let everybody know that that's not looking at the list. He's eight of 18 in the peaked in college group. So by far the lowest rated uh, quarterback um, in our division. Uh, obviously, Andrew Luck's the highest rated one. Do you think that's a fair assessment of where Andrew Luck is at? I would move him down. I don't think I would take Andrew Luck over Russell Wilson. Um, I'm not sure I would take him over Cam Newton. He's really good. But, you know, obviously he's playing on a terrible roster with no support. But I, I think Russell Wilson has done more to prove that he deserves to be higher on that list. For me, I don't know if it's name value or what – my original list, and I know this is an average rankings that we came up with, um, there's a couple differences that I have in my elite and my almost elite. I have two guys that are in this almost elite category that on my list that are above average. And maybe it's unfair. Uh, maybe it's just personal preference. I don't know. Um, but my almost elite would start out with Matt Ryan being at the top of that list with Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, Eli Manning, Matthew Stafford, Rivers, and Cam Newton. I don't have Russell Wilson in that group. I don't have Tony Romo in that group. Um, that's just how I rank them. I think Andrew Luck, to bring bring his name up, I think name value is probably playing a part in that. you got to realize he does not have the tools around him, and he's still, you know, when he's healthy, he's still one of the best. So it's hard to judge him, but I think – name value does play a big part in where people do view him. Yeah, and I, I watch Andrew Luck play, and you know, in my Know Your Enemy articles this week, this this year, I discussed twice, he is a fantastic quarterback. But I don't know that I would place him above some of these other guys. Just, you know, Russell Wilson, for me, I put him in this group, and I understand that you don't. I understand the thinking behind that. But he has proven that he is a winning quarterback, and he, he, he is – his flaws, I think, have more to do with his coach, and you you move him down because just about everybody hates Pete Carroll and dislikes the Seahawks because of Pete Carroll. So I think that cost Russell Wilson some in people's estimation. I don't place Eli Manning above Russell Wilson or Andrew Luck for sure. I don't. The, he, he's had his moments, obviously, but I think there's a lot of luck involved in Eli Manning's uh, career. Um, it just I. I never been as impressed with Eli Manning as the media has with him. See, the way you talk about Eli Manning is the exact same way that I feel about uh, Russell Wilson. Is He's had a lot of luck in his career. He went to a team that was built, ready to win, and you know he wrote a good defense and an, and an excellent running back to a Super Bowl title. Uh, Which is what Ben Roethlisberger did his first year. Right, right. I agree with that. But, I, you know, Roethlisberger's backed it up with uh, doing a lot of great things. Uh, Russell Wilson, I had him in my above-average category, I believe, as well. Or if I did have him in my almost elite, it was at the very bottom of the list. Uh, it's a guy that, uh, you know, I think that Russell Wilson does a lot very well. 
I just don't think that he's nearly as good as he gets like the credit for. He's the guy that's he's animatronic. You know, he's he's a robot. He is by far the worst interview. I don't care what anybody says. It's the worst interview. In I don't football. care about his interview. <laughs> uh, I know, but I just had to bring it up because I fucking hate his interviews. But he's a good guy. He's the good guy that does everything right. He waits, you know, to have sex until he's married. He he says all the right things. He's that, incredibly. That He's incredibly okay, that's a terrible likeable. idea. No, I agree, but that's what you know. Puritan America wants to see. That's why he gets the love is because he does all the right moves. Um, um, but you know, it's it's. Uh, I think that he's a little high. Uh, Eli Manning. It's Eli Manning's hard always to rate because it's like you know you watch games. I've watched games before where I was like, man, Eli Manning's borderline elite. Like he might be up there. And then you watch the next game and you're like, this is fucking Matt Castle that gets paid, you know, $20 million a year. You know, he's, how does this guy, you know, get drafted as high as it? How does he still have a job? And um, he's just so back and forth. Tony Romo, by far the hardest person to place on this list because of his situation. We all know that he's a really fantastic quarterback. Uh, but he's out. he's been out for a year. You know, his job was taken by Dak Prescott. Where exactly do you put him on this list? That was a tough one for me. I think the the hardest. Cam Newton, not easy either because he's coming off of a season where, you know, if we would have done this last year, there's a good chance Cam Newton yeah. would have been in the elite group. Uh, but now coming off the year that he had, not very good. The two guys that I really wanted to mention, Matt Stafford and Phillip Rivers. I had them at the top of this list. I think they get underrated. Two guys that play outstanding football. Um a year in and year out, but just you know, don't play on really good rosters, and it really uh, puts them down on a lot of people's lists. But outstanding quarterbacks that deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, Matt Stafford is a terrific quarterback. He is he plays in Detroit, which is always a bad thing for you. Um, his, his receivers drop so many balls. I mean, we saw the game that we won. The the, the Lions receivers won the game for us. Um, it, it, without receivers that he can rely on. Uh, with an offensive line that bad, with a defense that's that bad, uh, it's just, you know, Matthew Stafford's career is being wasted playing in Detroit, which is not the first time that's happened to a player. Um, Detroit's another one of those factories of sadness where they have a moment, and the rest of it's just terrible. It's just heartbreak. Uh, Big Ben, uh, you know, if you're trying to deny that Big Ben is almost an elite quarterback, then you've got something against Pittsburgh at that point. Because, you know, when he started out in this league, like we just discussed, he, he came into the perfect situation with a great running back and a great defense. Now he doesn't have a great defense anymore. He's got a great running back. He's got a great receiver. But he has been consistently a very good quarterback. He's another one of those guys. You know, these three guys here, uh, Ben, Matthew, and Phillip Rivers, if you play fantasy football, you know that you can count on those guys to give you points every year. It's because they are such good quarterbacks, and they're so consistent. You know what makes it even more impressive? It's Phillip Rivers is the father of seven. I mean, you can balance all that with football. That's that's off to you. That's why he's still playing football. You probably <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'll be playing until he's 48 so he doesn't have to go home. <laughs> exactly. You think that's impressive? Antonio Cromartie has 17 children. That's not impressive, though. They're uh, not was, all with the same mother. <laughs> I, I was kidding. I, he probably has like 11, but I don't know. Uh, who was uh, – it was uh, Chris Henry, wasn't it? Travis had Henry. To keep, Travis Henry. He had to keep playing football because he kept getting paternity suits. Ridiculous. It's like, why don't now, you take one of those billion dollars and have a surgery so you don't have kids anymore? 
Right. A million. It's a million if you put like diamonds in there. <laughs> you, you might as well make it count. I mean, get, get yourself a guarantee. Right. The right. only thing I'll add, the only thing I'll add to these to this list is the fact that Matthew Stafford is probably the most underrated on this list. And to Ryan's point, Cam Newton was on fire, league MVP last season, and this year just completely stunk it up. So. He was really hard for me, but I still put him in that almost elite category. Yeah. I couldn't knock him out of that list because he was playing with no defense this year. Um, him being towards the bottom of this list is okay with me because last year their defense was awesome and his running game was clicking. This year his running game struggled. He had you know two rookies for starting cornerbacks in the secondary, and he was having to carry that team, and you saw it weigh on him. So he's not that elite-level quarterback. Because the, the elite guys, they can carry a team that sucks. Um, Cam showed that he's not quite that guy yet, but he's still a damn good quarterback. He's still somebody that when you're looking around trying to decide who you want to start your team with, he's in that conversation. Yeah, I can't stand him personally, but he is good. I'll give him that. I got nothing against him personally. Um, you know, His celebrating and all that stuff, I get why the younger generation enjoys it. Me as the old man, I actually I don't mind it either. Um, I, I don't mind him smiling all the damn time. I don't mind him dancing and shit like that. I used to love the icky shuffle. The, the, the no fun league crap drives me nuts. I wish guys could celebrate more and have Dude, more fun with it. I agree. I agree 100% there. Uh, I, I think the biggest problem people have with Cam Newton is that he was black, that he was winning, that he was having too much damn fun for him. Um, you know, and when, it, when you make it about a race thing like that, I don't like having that discussion. No one does. It's not comfortable. But the old guard that doesn't want people celebrating and having too much fun in the end zone, that was part of their problem with that guy. I promise you, if Tom Brady was doing that, well, okay, Goodell would have just suspended some more. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I think that they even compared um, his flashiness to Aaron Rodgers doing the same thing and no one say anything about it. Exactly. I, don't necessarily, I don't necessarily agree because that's – two completely different levels of celebration it, it um, is but and i don't really care if he's doing it but when he's doing it to us that rubs me the wrong <laughs> exactly <way>. that takes <laughs> a personal grudge fuck you man but that, at exactly. the same time every time someone's complained about somebody celebrating on them stop them you know yeah. we we had a terrible defense that year or that game and you know stop the guy and he won't celebrate on your ass i, I have no problem with somebody who's playing at the top of their game, enjoying themselves. And it, the, the, the No Fun League has been in effect for most of my adult life, and it annoys the crap out of me. He does do a lot of good for the kids and the community and all that, and I respect him for that, but um, there's been too many. play for us. <laughs> right. Pretty much, and I'm not, I'm not trying to go out and sign him either, but he, uh, for, for basically when things, are going his, when things do go his way, He's the guy you want, but if you have any kind of turmoil, he's the guy with the towel on his head, soaking it, you know, sitting on oh, the no bench, question. crying and complaining. That's what I don't yeah. like about him. He's a crybaby, and his not diving into that fumble, looking like a bitch last year in the Super Bowl. Yes. I completely get it. He's got flaws. There's no question, but I don't hate him for you know celebrating. I am going to pick on him for his flaws, though, because that's just what I do. Oh, he, he's a kid. He's just a great big kid he out is. there. He's having he's having a blast when everything's going well, but he's, you know, he will throw a fit when things are not going well. He's a big kid out there. The one thing I hate is everybody's like you hear it all the time. 
It's like, oh, he's a thug. And talk about the racist thing. And it is an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it's that's racist. If you're just I've never heard the, anyone. I've never oh, heard man. anyone call. Oh, uh, it's been on it, the, They were last year. Na- oh, yeah, national media. It, I mean, not just individuals, but organizations, you know, were, were putting it out there, thug. And I remember Dan <laughs> Lebetard put a big thing out there and talked about, you know, thug, the word itself. And it's, you know, no one ever calls Johnny Manziel thug. No one ever called. Because he's a pussy. No one ever. Yeah. No, but nobody ever. Thought, nobody ever called uh, Ryan Leaf a thug. It's only used no, it's, for black players yeah, I, and Dominican players. Sometimes it's it, it's a racist word, really, in the world of sports that you get away with. But I mean, that's well, a conversation for another day. Yeah. Obviously, that's not this show. But <laughs> I've never heard anyone call Cam Newton a thug. I think that's hilarious. You could call. Actually, yeah. You call Adam Jones a thug, uh, but no I mean, one will argue with you. Yeah, yeah are, that's a thuggish bitch right there. There, <laughs> there. There's a handful of guys you could say that I've never heard anyone call Cam Newton a thug, but um, and I I would laugh at him if they did, but you know that's that's another topic for another time. Absolutely, but uh, Cam Newton was really hard to place on this list. There's a lot of guys at the bottom here, you know, Cam Newton, Tony Romo. I had Cam Newton in the. Below or above average, and then moved him back right before I finished my rankings. Because it, it was, I mean, it's hard to place him now coming off that year, the year he had this year. Uh, you know, you're not quite sure where to put him, but that happened with a lot of guys. Tony Romo's in that exact same category as Eli Manning is. Uh, but let's move on to the elite here. And if you've been doing the math at home, I'm sure you know who's coming up on this list. Uh, Four guys made our elite list, starting from the top to the bottom. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Matt Ryan. Uh, obviously, let's start here with Matt Ryan, guys. This is the one I think that is has the most contention. Uh, between the guys that voted, three of them had him labeled as uh, elite, and two guys did not. So it was the he was the only... Him, Drew Brees was the only other one that didn't get an elite vote or all the elite votes, and he only missed one. So it's obviously the most contention put in uh, for one of these guys. So the you know, the question has really become, is Matt Ryan elite? For me, I'm one of the guys that did not put him in this category. I think if he wins the Super Bowl coming up, that's when he gets his pass into this group. Uh, he's first in line. He's definitely the the number one in my almost elite grouping. Um, for that reason, though, I mean, he, he hasn't done it. The Falcons have been known to fold in, in crunch time in the past. I don't think it's the same team this year. Win or lose, um, whether it's fair or not, he may he may earn my. I mean, he may have a, a sensational game and still lose, and then you kind of have to you know balance where where he fits in. But I think a win is going to solidify his spot in the elite class. Yeah, Matt Ryan is a guy that uh, I picked up a lot in fantasy football last year because when he and Shanahan got together and they had the obvious balance to the offense, they're going to run the ball more. He's got great players, you know, the wide receiver. Um, Last year I thought it was going to be the year where he looked like this year, and he looked like shit all year long. He just always he didn't get the system yet. I don't know that he'd really bought into it yet. I uh, understood he, he didn't like what Shanahan was doing, but you know, obviously this year he bought into it. He saw that it can be an effective system. It takes a lot of the pressure off of him, so he's benefited from having a solid run game and having a consistently improving uh, defense. 
Uh, that was my big thing about having a hard time trusting the Falcons this year was I said to trust their defense. Their defense, their young players stepped up and really improved a lot during the year. Uh, Matt Ryan, he, he he was my hardest person to rank. Uh, I, I kept putting him back in the almost elite, uh, then putting him back in the elite. And based on this year, he's an elite quarterback. Uh, he, whether he wins the Super Bowl or not, he showed everything he needed to show You know, this year. In the past, I would have never put him in the elite group. Um, he had the potential. Uh, he, he, he's a fairly cool customer. You know, they call Matty Ice for a reason. Uh, he had all the ability, but he seemed to struggle. You know, clutch moments. I wouldn't have called him clutch before. This year, he's shown me everything I need to see. Um, he's still on that borderline for me, though. Uh, I, I could, if you put him in almost elite, it wouldn't bother me at all. I'd be okay with it. I'm in the same boat right there, Glenn. Uh, he's right on that borderline for me. I did put him in the elite class because what we've seen from him lately, the totals we've seen, we're not seeing from other people. He's, I mean, it would at this point it would surprise me if he's not the league MVP. Um, and the one thing we've been waiting for is playoff wins. We've seen everything else. We we know what we're getting with Matt Ryan. We're just waiting for him to win when it matters, and he's doing that this year. Uh, so a win or lose against you know Tom Brady, who will go down in history as one of, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. Now I, he's still got that uh, elite tag for me right now. He had an elite kind of a year, and and I think he deserves it. But he is leaving him out wouldn't upset me. He's right on that borderline. Uh, I'll agree with you there. So I wanted to talk to you about the top of the list. Obviously, the most coveted position. Uh, without giving any names away here, uh, we had for the top spot, we had three votes for Brady, one vote for Rodgers, and one vote for Matt Ryan. Um, so it brings up the interesting Brady obviously ended up at the top of our list. Do uh, you think, with between Brady and Rodgers, obviously tight, do you think there's any case to be made for anybody else? Or, I mean, and also, uh, Tom Brady, do you think he deserves to be at the top of this list? For me, it was ranked just how I put him in. Um, Brady, Rodgers, and and Breeze, I think that's the correct way to put him in. I think you cannot argue. We're talking about a right now kind of thing. Tom Brady's still on top. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is putting up a fight. He's definitely in the conversation, but there's there's really no – who put – well, I can't say who put, but nobody voted Rodgers one, but somebody voted Matt Rogers one. Matt Rogers, Matt Ryan one. No, Matt Ryan got one vote, and I can tell you because it was me. I voted Rodgers number one. Okay. Well, I, I – like I said, I just had Matt Ryan right outside the list, and I had Brady, Rodgers, and uh, Breeze as three. So how it ended up is pretty much how I intended it to. But – um. They're all great quarterbacks. Drew Brees has had, you know, the the one thing in common with all these guys is they all got rings. Um, I don't know how we would view Drew Brees if he didn't get that ring. I still think, you know, his body of work is immaculate. The guy can can sling him with anybody, and he's he's undersized, and he's he's got a lot of heart. He probably has more heart than either of those other two guys. But um, I think the main the main X factor is the Super Bowl rings to, for all these guys that are in these groups. And I think that's why I didn't have Matt Ryan in this group. 
Yeah, a lot, a lot of these guys, like in the almost elite category, they've got rings, but like Big Ben, he got his ring because of a running game and a defense. Uh, Eli Manning, he, he had really lucky moments to get his rings, and he also had great defense. Uh, Russell Wilson, great defense. Uh, these, these are guys that carry that can carry a team. Uh, Matt Ryan is the only guy in there that you don't know that he can carry a team on his own. He's been doing it on his own for a long time in Atlanta, but they weren't winning a lot of games. They weren't winning in the playoffs. Uh, Drew Brees, you know, five years, 5,000 yards, I think. That, that's insane. Uh, just because the Saints can't put a team around him doesn't mean that Drew Brees is not an incredible football player. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, of all the quarterbacks on here, he's, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Marcus Mariota are the two most exciting quarterbacks in the league to me. Um, I just, you never know what's going to happen next with those guys. Marcus has a way of sneaking balls into places where you have no idea how the ball got to that guy. Um, Aaron, he throws those incredible uh, Hail Marys, which everybody talks about, but he also makes other incredible throws. He is as good he is good running the ball as any quarterback has probably ever been in this league uh, as far as you know, running and throwing on the run. But Tom Brady is precision. Uh, he is surgical. That, that guy hits people in the hands, and if you drop a ball that Tom Brady throws you, you weren't paying attention or you were looking at somebody else because that thing almost always hits you in the hands. He throws, you know, one in 20 passes is an errant pass. Nobody else can say that. And Tom Brady has to be number one. Just he is surgically precise. He's been doing it at an incredible level for a long time. You know, Super Bowl rings, I don't know that you could have put anybody else on this list, even Aaron Rodgers, on that on that team for that long and have gotten as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady has delivered. Because no matter who he's had around him, he hits you in the damn hands every time. And it just it makes the offense so much easier for all these different receivers if it's hitting you in the hands. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you still have to work a little bit to catch his ball sometimes. But I agree with this rating. Uh, Drew Brees, you know, just an incredible quarterback. And like I said with Kirk Cousins, he reminds me a bit of Drew Brees, not in physical stature, but he has to carry the team and throw the ball an incredible amount. And I think he could end up being a Drew Brees-type player if he ever gets the offensive firepower around him to go win a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I agree with a lot what you had to say. The one reason, like for me, uh, I'm looking at these quarterbacks, and I have noticed Tom Brady's arm strength. And not like he was a strong-arm quarterback ever in his career, uh, but it has started to go down a little bit. And that is a big reason why I put Aaron Rodgers over him, because Aaron Rodgers is obviously, his arm strength is absolutely nothing wrong with it. From what we've seen from him lately, you know, just seems like once a game he has a 60-yard pass to the end zone. Right now, Aaron Rodgers' footwork in the pocket, I think, is the best in the league, bar none. You know, his ability to extend his time in the pocket is Marino-esque. Uh, he's done a, a fantastic job of that this year. It's probably been his big, biggest improvement. It was something he was already really good at, uh, but got even better at. Um, but obviously, Brady deserves to be there um, right behind him. I know, just put him right behind him just because of he doesn't have the deep ball like that. And I don't think he's as good in the pocket, even though I think he's phenomenal in the pocket. Uh, those are two reasons, and and Drew Brees, you mentioned it. He's a guy that kind of gets lost on this list a little bit because he's, you know, we're talking about Matt Ryan. If does he deserve to be there? We're talking about Rogers Brady, who's the best in the league, and you know, Brees is just kind of sitting there quietly. Um, 
you know, it's everything you talked about uh, with with uh, Drew Brees, phenomenal football player. He's just, you know, his output's just crazy every season, every single season, year in, year out. And the other thing, too, is he's such a small guy. He's like the only guy in the league. Now, you know, Russell Wilson's one of those guys, too, but he's like the only guy in the league that puts up 5,000, you know, yards every single year, and he's the only guy in the league you know, that has trouble getting to that six-foot mark when they measure him, you know, outside of Russell Wilson now. Uh, just a phenomenal football player. There's a lot to be said about what Drew Brees has done and what he's done it with. Uh, and, you know, the obviously the size is a big disadvantage and was still able to do a lot uh, with it. And it just it is very impressive. And I think this list, even, even though I had Aaron Rodgers above um, – uh, Tom Brady, and there's a lot that you know. We said we'd move here and there. Overall, I think the list is a pretty good list. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue. You, if you're moving one guy per column, then everybody's going to move somebody somewhere. So that's not a big deal. This, I'd say it's a solid list. It's a good, you know, given that it's our list. I think we should all feel pretty good about it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Everybody, we're gonna. I'll post this on. It'll be on the the site. You'll find it again if you want that information. Again, it's two tone podcast dot podbean dot com, uh, and send us. Let us know how you think about it. I'll put a post on our Facebook page to look look out for it, and let us know what you think about this list. How you would change it? Uh, we'd love to hear um, from you guys on that. Thanks everybody for listening to the show tonight. I have to throw in the reminder: get your ass over there to hang 10 and buy some of the best titans merchandise you're ever going to find at hang 10.com uh, that's hang tn.com uh, thanks everybody for listening to the show have a great night uh, and that's all we have for you tighten up tighten up hang 10 hard bean hard bean god damn it Mal mute that shit <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Two Tone Uncensored podcast. You can listen to the show at twotoneuncensored.podbean.com or by downloading the Podbean app on your mobile device. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Two Tone Uncensored and like us on Facebook. <laughs>